Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 77 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking to pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ennett, and I'm joined this week by the uh, man who's still in all the sparkly pants. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Don't let him behind the third curtain, mate. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's the fourth wall oh, and the third is that, curtain. Is that what it is? Yeah, the yeah, fifth yeah. dimension? I, I don't want to look behind your third curtain anyway, mate. Yeah, it's a, it's, but that's, that's, that's a, a part where I don't want to be. The curtain is my cape, mate. Oh, is it? Right. Yeah, oh, nice cape. one. Yeah, my cape. For those listeners who don't know, we do we have recorded two in a row. Yes. So we're, I'm still dressed for the ball that we got tonight, the industry ball, as as the Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. You still haven't shown me where you're keeping your lasso of truth, though. So, though. so you know, uh, is that behind the third curtain? <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm not going there. We're going to have to start this again. That's no good. That's no good. Oh. Uh, What's been happening, mate? Uh, so, uh, so uh, back at work this week, and so um, uh, had a really nice guy come in for, with his dog for uh, for uh, vaccination, and um, having a bit of a chat and, uh, and checking her out, and uh, we're talking. Yeah, she's getting a little bit sore in the elbows. She's a big golden retriever, about eight years old. So talking about anti-inflammatories and things like that. He's gone. Oh, you yeah, know that's good. We'll give that a crack. He's gone. Oh, and um, uh, and my wife's pregnant. I said, Oh, oh, congratulations. He's gone now. Um, is there anything <gasps> we should be looking at trying to do for um, yeah, for for when you know the baby comes along like any way to try and introduce i said no nah, i got no oh. idea at all <laughs> next next console <laughs> thanks a lot mate sales of spark yeah now i said oh you, you i do a podcast with a guy called lewis kirkham now he's a vet but he does some behavior stuff and he's written a book he's gone has he really i said yeah it's called uh how to tell your dog you're pregnant so i said you can find it on amazon have a look at that he's got all sorts of stuff on there um and so yeah just rent <laughs> Oh, and God. there we go, mate. That's the CD playing now. That's the CD now. playing, yeah. That's the CD getting you. I'm sorry about the dogs that are listening. They aren't quite sensitised, desensitised to it oh, yet. Oh, oh, how about the poor mums that are, that are lactating right now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the oxytocin surge that's going through all these poor mums. Well, what about this one? Go, go to this one. This one's a bit better. The full, no sp- the full screaming. Oh. Uh, now, that, that, is that your kids? Uh, that yeah, yes, that is. Yeah, yes, that is. Or oh, this one. This is my favourite one. A little bit oh, of bath time fun. Splashing the bath. Bath time fun. Something you don't think about, but a lot of dogs don't like splashing of the bath. So that's right. why I have that one. So yeah. thanks for bringing it up, mate. I have written go. a couple of books for dogs and cats. Thank you very much. That's um, that's, that's I reckon that's the first time in, what are we, 77 episodes that you thought that... That you just give a book a little plug. An actual active plug. Yeah, well, there you right. go. Somebody yeah. else plugging it, not yeah. myself. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always fun to have someone else plug you once in a while, isn't it? Jeepers. Plug your book. Plug your now, book. As I was saying, I, I, I want to talk about a TV show that is um, 
It's just started on the TV. I don't know if you've seen it, mate. Called The Dog Father. Just a no. new show. I don't know the actual name of the show. I started watching maybe two minutes of it the other night. And yeah. It seems to be all over the TV no. in, in Melbourne. I don't know if it's Australia-wide, but certainly in Melbourne. Right. No, oh, tell me horrible. all about it. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, really? Oh, the treatment things he was talking about in two minutes, I had to turn it off. So so like a, a trainer doing Yeah, stuff. he's the dog father. He'll fix you, all the training, you know, the issues you've got with your dog oh. in five seconds on the TV. Awesome. And uh, the one I watched it was just terrible. I thought, oh, the poor dog. You know, it's obviously anxious and here he is, you know, uh, advocating some uh, punishing and punitive sort of methods and forcing them to, to go places where they don't want to go. So if you are watching The Dog Father right now while listening to this podcast, which is kind of a, a feat in yeah. itself, turn it off. Turn it off. Don't watch it. I don't like it. It's no good. Go, go and watch Stranger Things or um, on Netflix, Blown Away. You go and watch some, some, some glass uh, things being created. Oh, lovely. Go. Or better still, we'll go to episode 45 where we talk about dominance in dogs. Yes. And why we don't use that anymore. There you go. Yeah. And so, where's, where's your TV show, Lewis? You know, you've got a book. You know, I mean, some people plug it every now and again, but, you know, <laughs> they haven't given you a TV show yet. What's going uh, on? Look, trouble, mate. Look, the big problem with the TV show is, apart from my, my stunningly good looks. Yes, it dressed as what? Well, your sparkly red that, pants? That's, yeah, 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 my spandex. The, um, it's, uh, that, uh, to, to be honest, behavior that I do, it's not sexy. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's so not. Even if you are dressed as Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, that's sexy. <laughs> that's especially not sexy. That is very, yeah. no, that's very it's sexy. explicitly not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> that's very sexy as I uncross my, my, yeah. my legs. Settle again. down, Miss Stone. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it is, is not. The, the stuff I do, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, you know, go out and attack the dog that's aggressive. It's, I'm going to yeah. walk away from that dog that's aggressive and, yeah. and let it settle down and then work from another way to distract it. Yeah. Does not make for the good TV. They're not the shock TV. You know, there have been other people. Uh, Victoria Stillwell, um, you know, oh, I forget her name. She got a name. She's American. Oh, sorry. A UK-based trainer. Right. She does some quite good stuff, but she's got a bit of a shtick of, you know, being the sort of, uh, you know, you've got a look about her, that sort of thing, which I think appeals to the audience. Right. So that kind of, she, she she's going along the right path of the sort of um, positive reinforcement type of stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah, but, yeah. you know, someone like uh, the, the Caesar Milan, you know, he's, he's it's great TV. Yes. You know, people want to see that stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's just not what I do. So I think that's, you know, well, apart, yeah. Like I said, apart from my devastatingly handsome good looks... <laughs> There's, that's perfect for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> now this week at work, we had a goose in. A goose? A goose. A goose. A, a golden goose. No, not, not the goose, the cat from... Uh, Me? Yeah, yeah, what's that? Me? No, 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 not, not the goose from Captain Marvel that we were talking about a few episodes ago. An actual goose. No, no, from um, Top Gun. Oh, go- yeah, that's, yeah, that's where the goose got his name from, from, oh, yeah, from Captain oh, Marvel. Oh, no, don't try and link everything back to comics, mate. I can. They just called Goose because it's a cool name. Oh, for sure. And he went, honk. <laughs> so we had a goose in. It was, nice. like, it was like a big, big, um, one of those Cape Barren geese. Wow. Big ray goose. Ginormous yeah. thing, really friendly, yeah, which okay. surprised me. And so we had we got a vet who used to work with us, and, um, and Claire was like, "Oh, you know, I oh, know he's got geese. I'll see if he wants to take it on." So yep, you know, rang up uh, Peter, Pete, and yeah, um, and sort of you know, we've got a goose, and he's like, "Oh, that's perfect. I had two geese. One's just passed away." Be great friend, companion, can take it on, sort of thing. So I think she took it home and showed Peter, and he's gone. Oh, my goose is about the size of my forearm, and this <laughs> goose is about you know the size of my whole upper body. He's gone. Wow. That's a wild goose. Mine are pet geese. And like, oh, we didn't we didn't actually mention to you that there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> so the Cape Baron goose uh, went off to to a wildlife carer. Right. 
Amazing specimen. So considering that you guys are absolutely smack bang in the middle of, you know... Uh, city, you know, suburbia. The, the city, suburbia. Yep. You guys get some funky-ass wildlife. It's amazing. We do, yeah. 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 It was found in a car park, would you believe it? Wow. Yeah, Look, just like in a case you do. Did, did, they didn't give it a chance to see it was actually trying to find its parked car so it could drive home. <laughs> well, it kept printing the clicker and it just nothing it just, was happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't remember. I've got to wait, wait to hear for the bank somewhere. <laughs> So there you go, mate. Wow. Good fun. A good big, fun. Big goose. Yeah, nice yeah, one. Good fun. Alrighty, mate. Now, a big thank you to our sponsor, Zilkeen. Zilkeen. You know, I've had some mammoth, mammoth, mammoth success with Zilkeen lately at the clinic. Right? I've got these slew of cats. So, you know, I, I say to my clients, I'm like, I'm getting sick of trying to fight with you know, cats that don't want to be there, dogs that don't want to be there, you know, trying to take bloods, trying to clip nails. I don't enjoy it. The animals don't enjoy it. Often the owners are oblivious to it. The staff really don't like it because sometimes they get scratched and bitten and things like that. And so what I've been doing, it's what you were doing with um, Olive ages ago, which is looking at using the um, using the Zilkeen for a few days leading up yep. to and then giving a little bit of a tickle up with a little bit extra stuff on the, the day that they come in. And, mate, the results have been spectacular. Like one of our um, one of the friends of the show, Tracy, one of our Patreons, um, I had her with her cat in the other day who generally was is really tough to try and get blood and urine from. We've been uh, checking her urine to check and make sure her UTI is cleared up. Cleo came in, laid there, got nice. the urine sample, back home again. Dream. Absolute Love dream. It. Love so, it, mate. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. Actually, big thing from the conference was Jackie Lay was saying to use it for at least three weeks before you're going to see an effect of it. Right, so okay. I normally recommend, like you said, the three or four days, and I think that's probably okay for coming into the clinic and yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. But if you're going somewhere stressful, they're going somewhere stressful, start at about three weeks beforehand yeah, okay. to really, really get some levels in there. Right, so yeah. that was a little sousant from the conference, thank, mate. Thank, and who was that from, uh, from D- Jackie? Jackie Lay. Ah, uh, yes. nice a one, A true behaviour specialist. Yes, we can call her a behaviour specialist. Yes. All day long. Yes. And she had some great stories about people who call themselves behaviourists, but they're just behavioural trainers. But we might save that for another episode. Right, okay. When yeah. I feel like our legal legal's on board. Oh, when we feel like our listeners are dro- dipping and we need to get some uh, some more controversy <laughs> yeah. rather than just having a crack at the dog father. The- <laughs> Dog father, yeah. Dog farmer? Father. Dog farmer? The dog farmer. Well, dear, might be a farmer. I don't know. It could be. P- p- puppy farmer? Fa- farmer of... Uh, That's not cool. Fa- farmer of... No, don't say that. Don't yeah, say that. No? No. No, no, no don't, don't I thought you were going to say something there. else. No, no. Yeah, right. Some other farmer. Oh, no. Some sort. Anyway, thank you also Maybe to Patreon. Maybe a llama farmer. Maybe. Yeah. Could be a llama farmer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to our Patreon supporters. Yes, thank you guys. We really appreciate you guys. You're always there. You are the ones that actually uh, every day, every week keep the, keep the podcast running with all yes. the all the all the money that you put in. So if you want to support us, we really appreciate everybody who comes on board. Absolutely, you can find us at Patreon.com. Uh, just search for Two Vets Talk Pets. You can choose what level you'd like to sign up for, and uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, love your support and uh, and hope uh, hope you guys that are helping us out uh, are getting uh, getting some joy and. If you'd like to join up, there, feel free. Otherwise, send us an email and tell us that you like what we're doing because that's always fun too. Alrighty, fantastic. Now, I, I've been. This has been a long time in the pipeline. I got sent a book from a Dr. Nadine Hamilton. 
Oh, yeah. And I just want to do a quick book review. Um, the book is called Coping with Stress and Burnout as a Veterinarian, an Evidence-Based Solution to Increasing Well-Being. Um, so, obviously, it, it is aimed at us. Yes. At You're a vet. I'm yes. a two vets taught pets. We've talked about this before. Absolutely. That that's what we are. So, this is aimed at us. And so, you know, it, it took me a while to, to get around, I have to be honest, to get around to the book. And I'm sorry about the delay in, in, uh, in having a read of it, Nadine. But I certainly found it very useful. Yeah, really, really, really good book. Um, I, you know, it's divided into a few sections. Uh, I think there's four sections in total, um, and sort of in section one and two, it sets out a lot of the issues that, as a vet, we face on a daily basis. Um, and and I think just reading it made me realise. A little bit, I suppose the podcast does as well because we talk about our issues we have on a daily basis. Yeah. But but it made me realise a lot of things. I'm not alone, and talks about the common stresses that us vets face on yes. a daily basis. And and I suppose um, those first two sections um, it took me a while to get through them in in a sense because I guess I knew the issues I was feeling, and yeah. for me to read them was just a bit sort of confronting. So perhaps that sort of did bring it around to me that that, uh, that I'm not alone. Yeah, we're, yeah okay. we're not alone. So I felt that was that was a good part of it. Section three went a little bit deep, I felt. Um, so talking about positive psychology, right. an area I'm not really that au fait with, and it was very hard for me to get into. It was read more like, a bit more like a psychology textbook so obviously i'm into behavior and yeah. I'm into psychology sort of stuff so um i did find that sort of section a little bit difficult um and and possibly it's something that could be skipped over if you if you get the book but the section four was fantastic right really really good uh you know and, and i would buy the book just for section four right. section four was really strategies on how to cope yes um it can trying to give solutions trying to yeah yeah yeah, yeah spot on a lot of worksheets a lot of workbooks yeah. a lot of really walk you through this is you know this is what you need to be working on you need to Working on say work-life balance, you need to be learning to say no. You know, there's, there's a whole. If I could turn to the right page, I could sure I could list them all. But um, somewhere I had it highlighted. You know, there's a lot of things. You know, about you know getting into meaningful activities and 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 ways to help yourself if you're finding that you are struggling. Yeah. And I think people who are um, perhaps vets, you know, that are that are isolated. Yes. Um, maybe there's some really good sort of stuff stuff in there. Um. Some uh, some stuff about sort of communication and doing calendars um, and and really really um, you know coping strategies um, you know where to get help from if you need it how to how to help with relax relaxation yes how to keep your life balanced recognize your symptoms that sort of thing know your stresses and just I really felt you know mindfulness is a big thing these days your yes. kids they be they be all over that Absolutely. I'm sure at yeah, school yeah. and um, it's it's really important but being being present in the moment so yeah. look big big shout out to Nadine yeah. um, just. Uh, she's done a fantastic job. I think she did her whole masters on PhD. That was yeah, a PhD, PhD right? Yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, there's um, there's a PhD. Yeah, yeah. money well spent. Yeah, I um, think because uh, so Nadine's the she runs the Love Your Pet, Love Your Vet campaign that um, that I'm on uh, on a committee with. So um, so she's doing some really really good stuff with trying to. Um, so she's not a vet, but because she did her PhD in the vet field um she is uh really on the forefront of trying to get this you know trying to get this out in front of um not only the general public of the stresses that are there, but also trying to get people together because unfortunately we lost uh, another vet and nurse uh, last uh, yeah two weeks recently. ago, yep. um, mm -hmm. uh, who, who chose to take their own lives, and uh, and unfortunately even on the same day they weren't it, it wasn't related that right? or anything like that. Yeah, but it, it happened on the same day. So um, yeah, the unfortunate thing is is that you know, we keep on trying to work out you know, so this isn't right. We need to do something, but. 
far out, you know, it just keeps on happening. So, you know, Nadine's really trying to do some good stuff. And so this book is um, yeah, trying to be a really good conduit for, as you said, you know, making people realise that they're not alone and then trying to give people some semblance of solutions to try and help out if they're there. And the most important one is talk to someone, you know, get get some help. It's okay to be struggling. It's okay to be finding it hard. Um, everyone is, it's it's not 1983 anymore and where you're supposed to suffer in silence. Go and talk to someone. Exactly. And it's the sort of book that, you know, yes, it's for vets, all vets out there, but I reckon, you know, veterinary students, veterinary nurses. Absolutely. And also the people that care about those people. So if you're a mum or a dad or, you know, a brother or sister of yes. a vet, I think reading this will just open your eyes to, oh, wow. That, Absolutely. That's what, that's what vets face on, on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's why we have four times the suicide rate of, you know, of, of, of uh, the general population. Yes. That's in the UK, Australia, USA, New Zealand, you know, and, yeah. and Canada. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a worldwide problem, and I really love that she's put so much work into this. Yeah. So go and check it out. Go and go and get a copy of the book. I believe it's available from AustralianAcademicPress.com.au, or if you search for Dr. Nadine Hamilton, and the book is Coping with Stress and Burnout as a Veterinarian. And also have a look on um, Instagram and Facebook for Love Your Pet, Love Your Vet as well, because that'll um, uh, have a lot of the other links there. And if um, the things that we've been talking about here are raising any uh, uh, any things with you where you're feeling a little bit, um, you know, feeling like you need to talk to someone, you're feeling a bit, uh, you're feeling not feeling great, then uh, uh, check out uh, Lifeline or Beyond Blue. Um, you can Google those numbers and we'll have links in the show notes as well. So if you're feeling like you need to talk to someone, please pick up the phone and talk to someone. Good stuff. All right, I want to uh, change tack a little bit, mate. So yes. this is, a, again, Journal of Vet Behaviour. Right. My, my go-to, mate. Yes. Coprophagia again. Close. Close. What is a dog bite? Oh, that's when a dog bites you. Well, that's it. What do you consider to be a dog bite, Robbie? These are perceptions of UK dog bite victims. Oh. What do you consider is a is a dog bite? Wow, I so see what, what this is. Okay. It, wow. So this is real. This is yes. like, you know, okay, dog's bitten me. Well, what does that mean to you? Mm. Might be what it meant differently to me. Yeah. Is, is it that a dog's tooth makes contact with me? Or is it the framework and where the dog does it? Is it does it penetrate the skin? Is it that uh, yeah, oh, I, I'm 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 not the man, or this isn't the place, and I'm not dressed as a superhero to be able to come up with a proper definition, Lewis. So, what have our uh, friends in the article come up well, with? Well, that's that's the, that's the sort of difficulty is you know even in the clinic if you go out the back and you say oh that dog just bit me yes normally the first thing you ask did it break the skin. Yeah, you know that seems to be a really common thing that we, we you sort like of consider. A delineation that but make. I don't know if we just say that just because we go well. If it broke the skin, we need to flush it and wash yes. it and clean it and, and get all the bacteria out. So, yeah. so these guys, uh, this study was effectively measure and uh, to effectively measure and prevent dog bites. It is important to understand how such injuries are perceived and how definitions of dog bites vary between individuals. Right. This research highlights the varying opinions of what can be considered a dog bite. There was disagreement among respondents as to whether dog bite statements that occurred without intention or during play were bites. So if you're playing with a dog and actually accidentally you've got, you got the toy yeah, and the dog bites your hand. Bites your hand. Is that yes. is that considered a dog bite if it breaks the skin? Can be hard to know. Yeah, playing yeah. roughly, that sort of thing. So um, uh, they found in their study that previous if they'd owned if people had owned a dog previously, that was a found to have an effect on their dog bite definition. Right, okay, yes. So respondents with dog ownership experience were less likely to agree compared with non owners 
that it would be defined as a dog bite if contact with the skin was made, but no bruising or skin puncture occurred. Right. So they're saying if you own dogs in the past, you're more likely to go, that wasn't a dog bite because it didn't bruise the skin, gotcha. didn't break the skin. I don't think it's severe enough. Yeah, whereas first-time dog owners will go, no, that was a dog bite, yep. even though my skin wasn't broken and bruised. Dog owners are also more likely to agree that a bite during play was not deemed a real dog bite. So that's experienced dog owners. This may be due to dog owners being more used to or to have normalized dog mouthing or play biting. So if you had a dog, you realize that's what dogs do. They yes. play a bit, you know, you get a bit of mouthing, you get a bit of yes. stuff that's going on when they, when they get aroused and excited. In addition, definitions may be influenced by the relationship with a dog involved as owners may be more sympathetic or lenient to their own dog right. or a dog that they know well and so less likely to interpret the dog's actions negatively. So I guess if your dog bites you, Yes. You're more like, oh, I didn't mean it. I shouldn't have taken his food away. Why did I approach him on the couch? He he didn't mean he knew he was, he came and licked me afterwards. He's a good boy. Whereas the dog down the street. Bad, terrible dog. grabbed your sausage and bit your hand at the same time. Oh, bad dog. Bad dog. Bad dog. That bit me, that dog. So, um, so they basically from, from the crux of the article, uh, they, uh, they recommend that for most public health research purposes, a dog, fight, a dog bite be defined as that causing at least bruising or skin puncture and regardless of perceived intention of the dog. Right, okay. So play or not, yes. grabbing the sausage or not, if it bruises or breaks the skin, they want that to be called a bite. A bite, right. Anything less than that's not a bite. Because that's, that's the thing with dogs is they, have, they do have very good what we call bite inhibition. Right. They're very good at being able to say, I'm biting really hard. Yes. Or I'm just going to have a little snap and a little, just a teaser, yeah, a taste yeah. tester. It's a it's a shot across the bow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so we do know that dogs are very, very good at that. And often we do grade aggression yeah, okay. based on how hard the dog's, dog's bitten, that they're not inhibiting their bite anymore. Yeah, right. But they're now, you know, breaking skin and that sort of thing. So, And I guess as you say, the, the difficult thing is it's the subjectivity on the person that's being bitten because it's such an emotional thing. Yeah. Is it my dog? Is it not my dog? What was I doing? What was the dog doing? You know, what did, was I feeling threatened or, you know, did I realise I was being a bit of a goose and I was making the dog feel threatened? A goose. A goose. Oh, oh, a Cape Baron goose. Like a big Cape Baron goose. Just a really big stinky goose. Looking for their car in the car park. All right, looks like the family's about to leave, so we might let them grab their coats. If you hear a bit of noise, they're going out. Say goodnight to Wonder Woman, girls. (laughs) It doesn't this make you feel proud, girls, to see your dad dressed up as Wonder Woman? Mind his lipstick. Yeah, don't rub rub my lipstick off, ladies. All right, see you. Have a good night. See ya. Have a night. Yeah, you too. I will. Oh, well, Wonder Woman will be at the ball soon. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll make sure I bring her back before she turns into a pumpkin, Deb. Have you healed up the plane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Just on the whiskers there, my, Deb, not on the lipstick. My, yeah. my invisible plane? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? The invisible plane. Yes, isn't that what I said? Invisible? Yeah, the invisible jet. Oh. Did I say visible plane? Oh, you said the visible plane. Oh, <laughs> invisible. It's a lipstick. It's hard to talk with lipstick. <laughs> All so right. He's so compassionate to, to women's, you know, women's, so, so hard with lipstick and, you know, with sparkly <laughs> pants, you know. Such a new age guy. And spandex I, pants. I think he's getting a bit of a feeling for what it's like to be exposed and uncomfortable. Oh, I am, he's yeah. Not, he's not uncomfortable, Deb. That's the problem. He's not uncomfortable at all. This is a, um, this is, this is a, whole, new de- a whole new paradigm. Are we still recording? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we can't hear what Deb's saying. 
walking like a, you know. When I bend over to my shoelace, oh, there's going to be some sore eyes. At least there's no plumber's crack with this skirt. When I bend over, it might be, though. Anyway, are we still recording? <laughs> we might delete that. See you, See you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. Have a good night. Okay, so uh, this is another article that I saw um, in, I don't know where I saw this one. It's come out of the AVMA Convention 2019 Daily News. Nice. Now, you're looking for something. What do you lost, mate? No, no, just for the run sheet. Oh, man. that's all right. No, I'm running it, mate. I'm running the show. Oh, I know. I'm in charge. You don't need that. Right. I just throw, I sit throw, back and enjoy. Throw it away. Oh. <laughs> and so this is... a. Uh, <laughs> It's away. <laughs> this is uh now you don't know what I'm going to talk about at all. So this is about assessing pain. Yes. In cats. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So assessing pain in cats is difficult. Yes. That's it. All right. Next topic. Next topic. Next topic. Well, You've got the run the daily news. You on to it, mate? What's next? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you what happened in the last episode. <laughs> but a new scoring system that interprets changes in facial expression could help provide practitioners with clinical guidance. Oh, okay. Dr. Paolo Stegel. Yes. An associate professor of veterinary anesthesia and anesthesia at University of Montreal presented the feline grimace scale. Wow. As in like the big purple guy from McDonald's. Yeah, wearing a hamburger. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, hanging out with a hamburger. <laughs> a cat dressed as a hamburger, the feline grimace style. Nice. Who was the hamburger? Or was he the hamburger? No, no, the, there was a hamburger that was black and white. Right. Those used to go rubble, rubble. And yeah. Grimace was the big purple guy. Oh, okay. He Was yeah. was he a big uh, aubergine? Maybe. Aubergine emoji? Maybe. Was he? Possibly, yes. yes. <laughs> Before his day. Likes to run around with a hamburger. The big aubergine. <laughs> right, okay, move on. And okay. moving on. Yes. Researchers, researchers at the University of Montreal, including doctoral student Dr. Marina Evangelista. Right. Love it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Of Montreal. How did I say that? Evangelista. Oh. As an evangelist. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Isn't yeah. that right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Categorized and tested the five facial action units indicative of pain in cats. Right. Okay. We're well, not going to test you. We're here all day. Yeah. Good. We'll try. Uh, ears, eyes, um, eye width, uh, like eye uh, orbital, opening. Orbital tightening. Yes. Orbital tightening. Yes. Yeah, shutting of your eyes. Yep. Pupil dilation. A pupil size. No, no. Uh, whisker, um, whisker orientation. Yes, whisker position. Tick, doing uh, well. Ear position, whisker position. Um, and uh, and uh, 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 sort of face, uh, mouth, um, muzzle, muzzle, muzzle tension, muzzle tension, muzzle tension, yes. muzzle top, not muzzle top, muzzle no, no, tension. Mu- yes, muzzle tension. Uh, how'd it go? Whisker position. Good. So we got uh, ear position. Yes. Orbital tightening, which yes, is eyes that. sort of squinting. Yep. Uh, muzzle tension. Yes. Mouth. Yep. Whisker position. Whisker good. Position. And head position. Yeah, oh, I didn't get head position. Yeah, that's all right, mate. Forgot we'll, about the global picture. I was thinking too narrow, Lewis. We'll give you that. Thanks, A score mate. of zero means absence. And, he's, and the cat's pain. fine. No yep. pain. No pain. Normal cat walking around. Excellent. One is a moderate appearance of or uncertainty. And two is obvious appearance. A total score of four or more. So each each one must get a, out, out of two. Right, okay. Zero, one or two. Total score of four or more means the cat is in pain and needs rescue analgesia. Yes. The maximum total score is 10. Ooh, now, yep. 10. You know what a 10 looks like? Um, they're hanging off the finger. That's where, that's no. where we don't need the definition of, you know, of what is a bite. No. At, at 10, imagine you're at the beach. I'm going to picture a beautiful, beautiful, you're at the beach. Yes. Yeah. Am I riding a horse? Uh, yes, you are on a horse. <laughs> Damn. Got me. Yes. Bare back. How did you know? So you're uncomfortable on a horse because you're yes. bare back. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And is a heavy wind at the beach. 
Right. A really heavy wind. Have you got any wind sound and effects a, there, mate? <laughs> I'm not that quick on the sound effect machine. I have to work on that. Yeah, here's the wind. Oh, oh so I'm squinting. Right, face that's up. it. Exactly. Yeah. So you're squinting at the beach with really, really heavy sand because yeah. you don't want to get sand in your eyes. Yeah. That's the pain expression. That's another 10 in cats. That's a 10 in cats. So if you see your cat doing that and they're not at the beach on a horse, bareback with wind and sand, painful. They're cat. painful. Right. But if they are at the beach on the horse, wind, sand, that's it's okay. Possibly just a windy day. That's at the beach. probably expected. Okay, good. Yeah. So there you go, Is that mate. What they had written in the article about being on the bareback on the horse. Yeah. 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 Awesome. That, yeah. That's that's I one. Can, yeah. I can fully picture that. Pretty sure I can't find the reference, but I'm sure when it's it, there somewhere. It's when it comes out in nature, we'll check that bareback reference. <laughs> Pretty sure. Alrighty. Now, because you haven't got a running sheet, mate, I'm t- taking over. I do. It's screwed up on the floor. Over yeah. There, go mate. and get it. All <laughs> advice on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Great idea. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, like riding bareback on the beach in the wind. We sure do. But as veterinary medicine continually, veterinary medicine is continually changing and advancing, please sure let is. us know if we have missed anything. Because we might. No, we don't. We don't no, miss we anything, don't. mate. We're right. Unless we're at the beach and you close your eyes closed, you might miss something. Like That's Robbie right. on the horse. Yeah. I'm on a horse. This is a very. <laughs> if I was quick, I could get that up on the sound effects. <laughs> I'm not that quick, though. It's disappointing. Got to be quicker. You're doing fine, that right. woman. All right. Oh, thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers. I feel much better now. <laughs> now, this, um, I've got a article on, with jealousy. We're going to talk about jealousy. Yes. Remember we were talking about jealousy? Jealousy. I was in the, yes, they do show jealousy, dogs. And yes. And you were in there, no, they don't. So this is an article, a scientific report from... Uh, fancy you said from nature. Nature, nature. There you go. So this is probably actually probably fairly expect, legit. You'd expect to be legit, but we did a journal club, and yes, yeah, it's got a lot of holes. Oh, in really? It. So but I won't go into those because that's not funny. Holy nature. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Evangelista nature. Oh, really? Yeah. It is. It's in that. What song did she sing again? Um, a muzzle toff. <laughs> Was it? Is that the one? Might have been. Muzzle tension. Been. Yeah, I think I saw it on Rage. Oh, was it? I go riding on the horses. Is that, yeah. is that the one? Yeah, I'm pretty is sure that, that was that, Daryl Braithwaite. Oh, dags. Anyway. All right. So this is a scientific report. Investigating jealous behavior in dogs from Judith Abdai et al. So this uh, firstly goes through what's the definition of jealousy. Okay. Important. Important. Wishing that you had something, um, uh, What uh, coveting something that someone, something else has. How's that? That's That's the biblical version. Right. Do not cover thy neighbor's wife. Isn't that it, Covent? Yes. Covent? Take something? Do not cover. That might be cover. envy. Right? Cover. Cover. <laughs> cover. <laughs> Do not cover your neighbor's wife. Ooh, yeah. That's a, that's um. isn't that a, a, a term that horses use? What's that to cover? Cover, cover you when you cover a horse. Anyway. Right. Jealous behavior emerges when an important social relationship with a valued social partner is threatened by a third party or... A rival individual. Right. So a suitor. It's a rival. Yes. A rival. So an individual displays jealous, jealous sorry, an individual displays jealous behaviour if he tries to direct the attention of the valued social partner to itself right. and attempts to interrupt the interaction between the valued social partner and the social rival. Yes, right. In different ways. E.g. pushing, attacking. Agonistic displays, so aggression. So that defines it. Jealous behavior is highly debated whether it is one, it is present in non human species, 
And two, the emotional state underlying this behavior is comparable to that in humans. Right. So do they actually feel the jealousy yes. that we feel, the green-eyed monster? Yes. It has been assumed that children younger than two years of age do not show jealous behavior right. because it requires complex socio-cognitive skills. Right. And they don't teach that until kindergarten? No. No. Well, two. Two, three. And they lack the underlying emotional state. However, however, I love a however, recent findings suggest that infants from six months of age already display jealous behavior. Really? Yeah. There we go. And because it's a vet podcast, we won't go into that. Not at all. But it's interesting. Yes. Uh, uh, although the original studies uh, that have been referred to all, they refer to the test partners as rivals. Yes. This article prefers to use the more neutral term test partner. Oh. So from now on, I'll be calling a rival a test a partner. A test partner. Uh, as we cannot be sure whether the subjects, human, infants and toddlers and non-human species, consider these agents as rivals per se. Right. It's getting deep. It's getting yeah, Test deep. partner. When I say test partner, just go rival. Rival. Much yes. easier. So recent research that infants younger than one year display jealous behavior when the mother focuses her attention to a social test partner. Yes, or a rival. Yeah, rival. A realistic looking doll. <laughs> Mama! <laughs> Pull the chain. Yeah. Mummy. Yeah, Mama. yeah. You put the bottle in there and then it wheezes its nappy. <laughs> Go straight through. Straight through. Straight through, straight through one straight end through. out the other. Yeah. So so in uh, in most studies, researchers have suggested infants and toddlers display behavior and, spa- and facial expressions that may be manifestations of jealousy. These behaviors include closer proximity to, more approach of, increased gaze towards, and more touch of the mother in the presence of the social test partner. Rival. The doll. Doll. The realistic, rival doll. Realistic looking realistic doll. Realistic rival doll, yes. Yep. Uh, compared to a non-social test partner. Yeah, non-rival. Non, it's a doll that doesn't look like no, a... it's a lampshade. A lampshade. <laughs> Subjects also... It's a little display- Grimace doll from McDonald's. <laughs> yes. Subjects also, also displayed more angry and sad facial expressions and lower levels of joy. Right. Importantly, subjects showed these behaviours and facial expressions more intensely when the mother was attentive to a... Social test partner, rival. rival, but not in the case of a female stranger. Non-rival. Yeah. So not saying if this female stranger was a real human or a doll, female yes. doll, because it might not have been a realistic looking enough one. <laughs> exactly. We laugh. <laughs> Where do you get a doll from? Would not have a clue. It's getting late. <laughs> All right. So... Harris, so this is there's a lot of stuff we'll go through here, and I think this is good. I thought at the time when I was reading it, it sounded good. We'll keep going. Yeah. So Harrison Provost, this is not the people who did this study, conducted an experimental study with dogs in which they used three test partners. Rivals. Rivals. One, a stuffed dog. Right. That was the social test partner, the rival. Rival. Stuffed dog. An unfamiliar object and book. Okay. Non-social yep. test partners. Non-social rivals. Non-social rivals. Yeah. A book is a rival. A book is a rival. Yeah. So you can see why they went with test partners. That's yes. why I had to get that on board. Dogs look longer at the test partner. Yep. Touched, pushed more often the owner and test partner and snapped more often the test partner during the stuffed dog condition compared to the non-social test partner condition. 
So the book and so, the lampshade. Yeah, the book and the lampshade, they didn't, didn't, care, didn't, care, didn't give yeah. a rats whatever yeah, at yeah. all, but they did for the stuffed dog. The rival. The rival. They also found that subjects looked longer at the owner, whined more, and tried to get between the owner and test partner. Rival. More often in the presence of the stuffed dog <laughs> compared to the book. And the lampshade. And lampshade. But did not find difference regarding the unfamiliar object. So you're doing the lampshade of the book. Yes, yeah, there's no difference. It's getting confusing. Rivals, test subjects. <laughs> Based on the data, it seems that dogs may show jealous behaviour from that. Oh! From that. Because it's a stuffed dog. They're, yes. they're showing uh, stuff towards their social partner. Yes. That's a, the stuffed dog's a rival. Mm, very, very, very contentious. Very, yes. Very weird. Dicey. Anyway, uh, now I'm losing where I am. Uh, you're up to the part about the test partners. Yeah, uh, based on this, it seems dogs may show jealous behaviour. However, overall dogs did not display a clear distinction between social and unfamiliar non-social test partners. Rivals. I've got no idea what that means. <laughs> Thus, hopefully you're following this. Thus, we caution to interpret these results as an evidence for jealous behaviour in dogs. Okay, good. Right. Although authors claim that dogs accepted the stuffed dog as real... Yeah. And a rival because, and listen to this, this is this is good. They sniffed the dog's anal region. <laughs> so, cause this they, is a realistic <laughs> dog, isn't it? It must be. If they've sniffed its bum. Yeah. I wonder if they use the doll. If we'd sniff the doll's bum, they go, oh, I must think it's a doll. I wonder if they squeezed a bit of anal glands around the bum of the, of the dog doll. No, they didn't. But they did put some on the book. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't. It didn't invest the anal. Investigate the anal region of the book, though, no. or, the, or the lampshade. No, no, because it's gone. Look, this is this is not an adequate test rival. <laughs> That's right. Test partner <laughs> rival. Test partner. Oh, where are and and showed agonistic behaviour towards it. So they got aggressive to the stuffed dog. They're just trying to play with it. Arr, arr. Is that this a bite? Is a toy. Is that a bite or is not? It, does the, is the test is the test partner been bruised or had the? Skin That's broken? right. If the, if the stuffing's come out of the test partner, <laughs> is that a real bite? <laughs> Uh, uh, we suggest the dog's behaviour could be due to distress right. by, elicit, elicited by the dog-like inanimate object or interest in it, because not they're, jealousy. They're worried that their owner is losing their marbles because it's sitting there patting a, a little doll going, dude, exactly. seriously, What's who's going to feed me if you're losing your brain here? Go back to patting the lampshade. It yeah. was much less weirder. <laughs> And why are you sniffing the lampshade? Ah! <laughs> and it's a book. Don't sniff the book's bum. <laughs> Come on. It's, and it's got anal glands on it. It stinks. Don't do that. And there's people watching. Come on. They've got <laughs> clipboards. <laughs> Mom. And white coats. Mom, stop it. You're embarrassing me. Old Harrison Provost are watching. <laughs> Further, the stuffed dog barked, whined, and wagged its tail. <laughs> which are used in communicative interactions. Thus, even if subjects consider the oh test partner Lord. as a real dog based oh. on its behavior and physical appearance, these communicative signals used inappropriately may reveal that the test partner rival is inanimate. So the dogs may have thought that's wagging its oh. tail at the wrong time. Do you think? It's, it's, what if they put a tail on the lampshade? Yeah. Would it investigate under the tail of what the if, lampshade? What if they hit the book in the lampshade and then put the tail on it? <laughs> and had the owner turn the light on. <laughs> also, considering the test would carry out in the subject's own home, dog's behaviour might be considered as territorial aggression. Oh, man. So they pulled that paper by Harris and Provost to shreds. Yes. 
It didn't take a lot to do that. No, no, Stuffed no. dog wagging its tail. Yes, yeah, yeah. There was a spit and bale and twine holding that together. So here, in their experiment, we aim to examine whether dogs show jealous behaviour when the owner gives attention solely to a social test partner. Rival. Compared to the previous study, we used real dogs. Oh, boom. who'd have thought? Light bulb moment. Who'd have thought? They've turned the light bulb on. Oh. Yeah. And now I've lost where I am. Here we are. <laughs> Uh, Page three, I think, mate. (laughs) uh, So they used uh, social test partners that were familiar and unfamiliar, and they tested dogs at an unfamiliar place. Good. Not at home, to exclude territorial aggression. So they hypothesized that jealous behavior, e.g. owner-oriented behavior or trying to direct the owner's attention, attempts to separate the owner and test partner rival manifests mainly in the presence of social test partners yes rivals that's what that's their hypothesis so subject dogs encounter four test partners in various order familiar and unfamiliar dogs as social test partners rivals and unfamiliar and familiar objects as non-social but familiar and unfamiliar ones. familiar lampshades yeah one they've sniffed the bottom of before Condition uh, so and as non-social test partners, non-social rivals, rival. lampshades are rival. Rival. So they're yep. unfamiliar. They know the lampshade yes. personally, yes, or they don't know it. Yes, it's a it's a different lampshade. It's just come from exactly. The, shop. the first and last test partner was the familiar dog, dog from the same household. Thus, overall dogs were observed in five trials. Now, the unfamiliar object was not a lampshade, but was classified as an unidentified moving object, or this is where it's called a contingently responding self-propelling object. So it's a remote control car. Boom. <laughs> well done. Well done. You've read it. You read this paper? Well done. So it's a remote control car. So they've got a familiar remote control car and an unfamiliar oh, one. Good Lord. There we go. During the test, the owner focused his her attention solely on the test partner while ignoring Rival. the subject. Yep. Um, we measured the dog's behavior, e.g. look, body, position, displayed toward the owner, test partner, and owner-test partner interaction, and the frequency of attempts to interrupt the owner-rival interaction. So, what did they find out? Um, I think I've got... Oh, oh, hang on. I've lost the last page. You've got no idea. Oh, no. Oh, then that's we'll all we've got time there. for. Tonight, scratch we'll, you later. We'll pick that up at 78. <laughs> <laughs> so... The dogs showed more jealous behavior in case of social compared to non-social test partners. Rivals. So, no, rivals. Yeah. Discriminating between the two groups of potential rivals. So, they showed more, uh, considering the dog showed interest in the owner, unfamiliar dog object interaction as well, but did not show jealous behavior. We suggest the loss of owner's attention is not enough by itself to elicit the behavior. And in the case of the dog had already seen the remote control car moving in previous studies, we used a thermos. Thermos flask. Was it was the thermos moving? <laughs> no. Right. That had a similar color and size as the car. Right. So it's a little thermos. The familiar object was a newspaper. Right. So there you go. That that just uh, clarifies that for everyone. This has been a very busy whiteboard where they were trying to work out what's going to constitute all these different variables. Why did I get into this so late in the <laughs> evening? It's really doing my head in. Hopefully the listeners are following and enjoying something here. The So they were saying basically that when the owner interacted with another dog, that the their dog showed jealous behavior. Well, there you basically, go. Basically, that's what they said. Um 
it seems that the social test partners might indeed be considered as p- potential rivals from the viewpoint of their relationship with the owner. Regarding the num- that the number of trials and order of condition did not have an effect on dog's behaviour and the subject shows similar behaviour in both familiar dog trials, we conclude that jealous behaviour is stable over time. Dogs showed functionally similar behaviours observed in children under two years of age in a similar situation that has been referred to as jealousy. Now, there you go, mate. Done. Done. That's wrong. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pap- paper's not that good. No. Bit, no. bit, 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 uh, bit messy. There's a lot of holes in the paper, and we really went through it in Jolly Club, but it really didn't. It's a good one to talk about. Good for a laugh. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's still not out as to whether the dogs are truly showing jealous, jealous behavior yeah. or whether they're just like they don't like the attention of the owner being directed on something else. Yes. They're, yeah, just yeah. Not, they're just not not particularly jealous of it. Right. So. There you go. There we go, guys. So um, that's that's a pretty, uh, pretty well. Uh, oh, we've got on jealousy dogs because <laughs> oh, I'm and, so and, confused. And, and test partner rivals. Oh my goodness. And 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 self uh, self propelling non inanimate, you know, mobile device thermoses, thermos, <laughs> unidentified moving objects, <laughs> UMOs, 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 UMOs. Nice. UMO. Not to be confused with the game. <laughs> The card game, you know. You mate, you know. You mate. <laughs> so there we go. It's, you know, when we're doing research and, and looking for content for the for the podcast, mate, you know, you, you see an article and you think that'll come across really well. That, it's, that's it's got clear some, as much. It's got some good, you know, good underlying tones there. It's really going to going to uh, encourage the listeners to listen next time. <laughs> and then you get that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, mate, have you got any mailbag? This week, uh, no mailbag, no mailbag, no mailbag. Hopefully, no. someone send us an email, please. Yeah, we do. You know? Two pets at, at gmail.com. Yeah, let me know if you think your dog shows jealousy. Yes, send us a video of, of it being jealous. Yeah, with us, get the a thermos, get a stuffed dog, a thermos, have a drink from your thermos, and then see if your dog gets jealous. Absolutely, and send us a video. It'd be great. Yeah, lovely. Send it to two vets talk pets at gmail.com. Yeah, or Facebook or, or on Facebook. Twitter, yeah, we're or on Twitter. In, or Instagram. Insta- Instagram, TikTok. TikTok, mate, got to get you on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, wor- I'm worried. The last time you were telling me about Netflix and chill, I was completely oblivious to that. Really? So I had no idea. Oh, the one we always at work the most is Traz and a Muzzle. Yeah, oh, really? Traz and a Muzzle, Netflix and chill. <laughs> all, the, all the dogs that come in, Traz and a Muzzle. Just, uh, or Zilkin nice. and a Muzzle, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Zilkin and a Muzzle. Alrighty, guys. So look, yeah, we'd love to hear from you if, if you if you want to get onto us. Um, you know, we're on all those those platforms. We'd, we'd love to hear from everybody. Um, and and also, obviously, Ash, uh, get on Patreon. Yes. Uh, most of the episodes we're trying to upload a week early. So absolutely. Ex- Hope you're enjoying this nice and early. Exactly. So because we really appreciate your support, Patreon supporters. Um, I bet you everyone that's not getting a week early is a little bit jealous. Ah, boom, boom. I like hey. that. That's why we did that article. <laughs> Right there. What a drawn out segue for you. Oh, I know. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. We'll scratch you later. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.